1: Come in. It's the action line from WGNS and it feels like uh, we should be talking about lawns and gardens and so we're going to do that today. Mitchell Moat joins us from the Rutherford County Agricultural Extension Service. Mitchell, good morning to you.
2: Good morning, Bart.
1: Good to have you with us today.
2: Thank you. It's good to be here this morning.
1: Lots of things happening at the Ag Center and uh, this time of the year it's really full of excitement.
2: Yeah, this is uh, you know what, what uh, Saturday I guess uh, is is the first day of spring. So, yeah, yeah, I'm we're, ready. We're in the season. We're coming we're, we're, we're
1: down pretty fast. the flowers, we
2: look at the dandelions. Yeah, the <laughs> dandelions, sure enough, they are, and lots of uh, uh, wildflowers are certainly yeah. uh, in in abundance. I, I you know? think they're pretty though. Well, they are, uh, in you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, I guess. But uh, I lo- lots of flowers your, out your there. Your
1: favorite tree looks like spring.
2: You now, which one is that?
1: That, that's the uh, Bradford pear.
2: Oh, yeah, the Bradford pear. Well, it's the, the, you know what? For, <laughs> a, for a short time, they can be a right pretty tree. They sure can. Yeah,
1: You know, yeah. it has problems, but it is a gorgeous tree this time of the year. When
2: it's in full bloom, it does yeah. look good.
1: Uh, now, I've had a lot of people, in, and I've, you may have said it too, about how they smell. I've never smelled them. Uh, do, how close do you have to get?
2: I don't know, I, I, because I've not noticed a particular aroma from okay. red repair. But uh, my, my daughters, when they were growing up, would would talk about the the odor from the Bradford fair when it was in bloom. Um,
1: you have to have that young sensitive, I guess, smell,
2: I, guess. I guess, uh, but I, I don't know how close you have to be <laughs> so far. I haven't been close enough and I've been right up amongst it, but, uh, uh I don't, uh, I don't really detect any odd odor, un- unpleasant odor, pleasant or otherwise, uh, from that.
1: Have they pear. become sort of a, an invasive, uh, type I mean, they just grow they, they everywhere. They have contributed
2: to that, uh, uh, you know you, you drive up and down the roads this time of year and you'll see all these white blooming small trees and so on on the sides of the road and over in the the, the tree lines and in, in, in undeveloped areas uh those are direct result of Bradford pear um the uh, uh it's it's it, they are calorie pears uh that's that's the kind of pear that it is and and Bradford is a a, a hybrid of calorie and something and so when these with uh, the bradfords produ- they produce a fruit mm-hmm. it's a little bitty well. yeah i mean this is a little bitty thing it's a little you know brown colored uh uh fruit a little pear and so birds will eat those things and uh, of course it has seed in them and and they pass the seed through their digestive system and and those things germinate and they sprout up and and it's back to that old uh uh the, the one of the parent plants of that of that hybrid uh this calorie pear, and they grow prolifically and they're thorny uh and just you know just a, a real nuisance uh because they do grow so fast and so prolifically uh in in some in some states they have been designated you know as a uh, as a noxious uh, uh, weed pest i don't know that they have been in tennessee but uh, uh in some states they have so yeah they somewhat invasive i guess uh, maybe not maybe not exactly the bradford pair but a result of the bradford pair they contribute to that it's But well, i i guess
1: plans. it was 20 or 30 years ago i first heard of the bradford pears, and everybody
2: was raving about oh they just you know if you remember down main street
1: Oh, Uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Down East Main Street. They were, you know, just planted all down in front of uh, uh, what used to be Mid-South Bank, uh, Mm -hmm. Murphsboro Bank and Trust. Right. Because those were all removed. Of course, a lot of those broke uh, during what was, I guess, during one of the ice storms. Uh, A lot of those were broken off, but uh, they were replaced. And yeah, you could, and they're still sold. People still buy bread for pears today and they're you know are they a bad tree well in some respects yeah they are a bad tree uh from a standpoint of that they're weak physically they're weak so they break easily um they they grow uh uh, just lots and lots of limbs they they put out a very, very heavy canopy and the way they grow um the the, the the stems the branches are so thick and they, they they run every which way they cross over one another and so that rubs as the as the wind blows the, those limbs rub against each other and create wounds in the bark uh, which opens them up for you know infection or entry points for some diseases and in insects and and so they're you know kind of weak from that standpoint um, and, and, and they typically are not long-lived, super long-lived. But, I mean, there are some that have been around for a long time. But it's not uncommon after uh, a week. And it does not have to be a real significant wind uh, to have sections of them break out. Uh, uh, you you know, you see one-sided Bradford pears growing around out there. And, um, you know, f- and, and because they do contribute to uh, so many of the wild uh, uh, pears growing uh, out out in the countryside that you know they're viewed as not uh, a desirable tree as as desirable as it once was I guess.
1: Yeah when you mentioned them having so many limbs I remember an earlier tree that had a lot of limbs that I guess in one of our first houses that we ever had we had Several of these, the mimosa tree,
2: mimosa, and yeah.
1: everybody looked at them as, oh, you don't want that. Uh, but our kids thought it was the greatest best, tree in the world, best climbing tree yeah. you
2: ever saw. Yeah, yeah, excellent So, and, and
1: tree. Bradford pears are maybe sort of in that family. I'm not well, the, no, the climbers.
2: I, I wouldn't think so. I mean, they're, you know, they're they're, they're typically their limbs are much smaller. Uh-huh. uh and and they don't grow out um, uh, with with the spaces between them uh, like you'll see in a, uh, they're not shaped the same as mimosa trees are so i wouldn't i wouldn't categorize those together as being good climbing trees but uh, yeah the mimosa would because you know it, it started off limbs low to the ground and they were big oh, enough yeah? to hold you and you could climb up in there yeah
1: but boy would they dump onto the ground oh, flowers and stuff
2: oh yeah yeah the, the blooms and you know they're kind of a uh, interesting interesting tree I guess in the fact that uh, you know their leaves close up at night and open up in the morning. They, they I didn't know, the, that. Yeah, okay. you know You got the the compound leaf with lots of leaflets down the down the petiole, and in the evening when the, the hours uh, get short, uh, sunlight hours get short, then they they close up and then open up again the next morning. Um,
1: but they were not real popular with most most people either, were
3: they? Uh,
2: they're they're you know they're viewed as a kind of a temporary tree mm-hmm. uh, in a new landscape at uh, at one time folks would plant those because they grew pretty fast and you know you could get some tree uh, uh some shade there in the summertime although it's not the the most dense shade but it did provide some shade but they're they were known to be short-lived uh, uh and they would break and uh, and so on over time uh, and they just typically didn't last a long time so they kind of fallen out of favor
1: hey here's a, a question from a listener and they're asking when should i uh, or rather what should i put on my fruit trees uh, and when uh would be the uh, best time to put it on to prevent worms and bagworms things of that sort on okay. is fruit trees okay. on fruit trees well bagworms do they have bagworms on fruit trees? I mean
2: a bagworm can get on a bagworm could uh get on fruit trees typically there it's not a concern on fruit trees they're most, most commonly uh, favor evergreens uh, with, with needle leaves, uh, uh, the, the, the scale-like leaves, not so much on... on but I, I have seen them on broad-leaf mm-hmm. deciduous trees like fruit trees. So, you know, it depends on really what, what you've got. Um, typically, for, for insects, like on, on apples and pears and so on, uh, it's, it's... And you, you make your applications based on... What, what stage the tree is in in terms of its you know its progression you know and you know their, their their tree may or may not have really started to bud out good at this point or their trees again depending on what they are but they, there are you know at different stages of that tree's progression you do different things if you follow uh, a, a, a pest control program and for Uh, for for insects typically it's when they're in you know apple trees pear trees are in that stage called petal fall which is when most of the flower petals have fallen off the tree that's that's the stage known as petal fall that's when you you make an insecticide application for uh, some of those uh, 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 pests insect pests that can damage uh, damage the fruit and you know, the, the you know, marathon is an insecticide it's a, a label for use for homeowners on on fruit trees like that, um, and, and so that's that's when you make your first one, and then every you know week to, to two weeks after that, you you make what's called a cover spray where you spray in the you know the, the the canopy of the tree um, after after petal fall. That's when that starts. You know, ten to, 10 to a week to two weeks after petal fall, then. You you do that every couple of weeks up until you're ready to harvest to keep those insects out of there. Uh, But again, uh, malathion is is an insecticide, this label for homeowners to use on uh, many fruit trees um mm-hmm. so i mean that's an option but you don't just you don't just treat them one time and, and that's going to provide protection uh for the entire season and it that doesn't matter what kind of fruit tree it is whether it's apple whether it's pear whether it's peach and we have and i'm holding a copy of it here in my hand a, uh, a, a home pest control guide or a home fruit tree pest guide, and that's that is a publication that's available online at the University of Tennessee Extension website. Uh, the the publication number is, is it's called PB sixteen twenty two Disease and Insect Control in Home Fruit Plantings, and it will take you. It, it has a schedule for those common, uh, uh, the most most popular fruits that are grown in backyards uh, and landscapes around Tennessee, Uh, it'll take you through uh, a season uh, and and a management program from from a pest control standpoint of of what to use and when to use it uh, and what kind of a pest you're controlling. And this is for both diseases and insects.
1: Okay. Uh, We have another question here from a listener. And this one deals with brown splotches or patches in the grass. Uh, in their yard. They, these people say that uh, they've been pretty successful in getting green grass to grow all over their yard, with the exception of a few places small in the backyard. Uh, with all of the rain we've had, that area is good and moist. Is it too late to try to put a few uh, seeds in that area?
2: No, I mean. <laughs> So, so right now you'd be planting a cool season grass. If you're going to mm-hmm. plant grass seed right now, it will okay. be a cool season grass. So, and, and, and the very best adapted cool season grass we're going to try to grow here is turf type tall fescue. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the ideal time, uh, to, to, to do major seeding of tall fescue is the, the, the September, mid October frame. Second best time is this early spring. So if you've got some patches like that, that, that aren't, uh, uh that don't have grass cover on them, Sure. Uh, plant some tall fescue seed out there, scratch the ground up a little bit to rough it up, to open it up, to make it uh, uh, more receptive places for, for the seed to come into good good direct contact with exposed soil. Um, and, and then put a light layer of, uh, uh, you know, compost or uh, uh, some, some, some top dress material, whether it's uh, uh, one of the, the bag top soils or bag compost, just a thin layer of that to cover those seed up. Uh, and absolutely. Uh, and if I were talking about, you know, Several thousand square feet. Uh, would I want to invest the money in in a good, high-quality tall fescue turf grass or improved tall fescue turf uh, seed? I I don't know if I would at the spring of the year or not because the spring planted uh, uh cool season grasses don't have near as much time to develop uh, a root system and, and bec- become well established which would in turn make them stronger and better able to cope with the the, the hot weather stresses that we typically have in the summer and, and dry stress too um and, and you typically lose more of that population of a uh, of a spring planted uh, cool season grass of course, you don't want just bare ground either. So, you know, it's a it's a darned if you do, darned if you don't kind of situation. <laughs> I guess it's a six one half a dozen of the other. Uh, j- but just know that if you do plant large areas, and I'm talking like an entire lawn, you know, ten thousand square feet, fifteen thousand square feet, whatever the case may be, if you seed that this spring, you, you may lose a fair amount of it, and you're mm-hmm. looking at doing some overseeding come fall. But I'll say that and turn around and say, but most people do overseeding on tall fescue in the fall anyway. But... You know, typically you have a better survival rate uh, when planted in in the fall versus in the springtime. But, you know, I've said a whole lot just to answer their question. And the answer is yes, plant those grass <laughs> seeds <now laughs> out. cover. Up. Yeah, tall fescue. Okay. Uh, it, it, I'm assuming this, you know, because you can plant anything you want to. This is America. You know, you've got the choice to do that. But <laughs> those that are going to have the best chance of growing are the cool season grasses. And the best adaptive cool season grass that we have available to us is the turf type tall fescue.
1: Another listener sends us an email saying uh, they have thoroughly enjoyed, about this time of year, the Daisy Trail to Bell Buckle. Now, I've been on that. I've heard some people talking about it one time, and we took that Daisy Trail. I don't remember the road, but you go out uh, toward Christiana, uh, get off of 231, and it's the road to Bell Buckle, and, and it was beautiful. Uh, I don't know if it's just a short period of of time, a small window, Uh, but I do remember, I'm glad this person brought it up, uh, because we're probably pretty close, maybe in that window right now, Uh, go enjoy the flowers on that daisy trail to Bellbuckle, Uh, and also it seems like there was a house here in Murfreesboro that has long since been torn down uh, and, and had daisies all around it. Some of the daisies are still in the area, and it seems like it was around the old Fort Park. Uh, Maybe somebody listening can call and share a little uh, memory about that with
2: us. Maybe. I'm not familiar with that.
1: That doesn't ring a bell. No, it
2: doesn't. In in the daisy trail, I mean, are you talking about flowers that are blooming right now? Yeah. Um, Are are they? Is the daisies? uh, Daisies. No, they're probably not out yet. When, uh, when do they come out? Uh, well, they're they're later on, you know, in the, in the spring, uh, later spring, early summertime. Oh, yeah, so we got days. a
4: wall on that. But
2: I, now you've got, you know, buttercups, uh, yeah, uh, out-blooming, yeah. uh, buttercups, jonquils, daffodils, you know. That I don't think they called it the name.
1: buttercup trail. Yeah, I
2: don't, I don't, <laughs> I, I'm not, I've, I've not traveled that before, I'm not familiar with it, but yeah. Uh, um, Now, the the buttercups, I mean, they're really out there right now. They look good. And they've been out, you know, a couple of weeks probably. Oh, yeah.
1: We had some buttercups at home that I'd never noticed before. Uh, And they were teeny tiny. And next to them were their big brothers and sisters, the big ones. And I thought, well, these are just babies. And I said something to my wife uh, when she pointed it out to me. And I said, well those are just baby ones that haven't gotten big, aren't they? She said, no, it's a different flower. Yeah, a
2: different different variety that makes a smaller, uh, you know, smaller stem, smaller flower. Uh-huh.
1: So I'm, that that was intriguing, I mean. Yeah, they,
2: breeders, plant breeders, they'll, you know, strive to have this varieties uh, that they're, you know, it's all the same Basically, the same plant, but you've got variations in them mm-hmm. based on size and color. You know, some are a dark yellow and some are kind of a pale yellow or maybe a yellow and white flower. Uh, some are larger in size uh, than others are, but you know, they're, they're all basically the same plant, but, but with variations, yeah.
1: Now, if you're new to the area, here's I want you to listen closely to this. Uh, Tennessee state flower is the iris. The iris is a beautiful flower, it grows pretty very easily easily yeah and i'll i'll underline that because we have a lot of them in our yard and have had for 20 or 30 years uh and and they wouldn't be in our yard if they didn't grow very easily <laughs> but they're beautiful
2: oh and and you talk about variety there is a, a ton of variety in the colors uh, that are available uh, in, in iris probably the you know the biggest thing in in, in maintaining iris is uh, Divide them every once mm-hmm. in a while because they do multiply, and, and, and it is in an older Irish planting uh, they'll they'll get pretty thick in there and they'll multiply and and you'll see reduction in the amount of blooms produced and typically dividing those and you know share some with neighbors do swaps with one another oh, and yeah. so on to get different colors uh, and and that's probably the bad the the downside of is you do have to divide them periodically just to keep them blooming uh, as prolifically as, as they can but uh, i mean otherwise they're they're a pretty pretty trouble-free plant i mean you know they're pests that can attack them just just like they can attack anything you'll get some some spotting on foliage from fungal diseases and you know you may get some rot in some of the bulbs it'll cause them to deteriorate and not be good anymore and you know maybe sometimes bugs take take some bites out of some of those but uh you know as a rule they're they're pretty pretty easy to grow
1: so if you want some uh, iris flowers find the neighbor uh, maybe you're new to town and and you don't have any. Look at your neighbors. Go say hi to them and give them some cookies
2: and. I'll swap you these cookies for yeah. some of those iris over there. Yeah, there you go. Uh,
1: when do you do the dividing?
2: Is this well? You know, the, the the perfect time is going to be at in you know later in the year after blooms have faded and the in the plant has had you know plenty of time to be catching sunlight and, and creating energy and storing uh. those in the uh, in the uh, uh, in the rhizomes for the next crop to come out next year uh-huh. so you're talking about you know late summer uh is, is probably the ideal time but but i i do know that that there are folks that will divide them uh, uh not in that ideal time and and still be successful with it so yeah. I mean, in all honesty, you can just about do it anytime during the growing season. But like if you dig them right now before they bloom, you may not see many blooms, you know, this year. Uh, um, you may, they may stay in the ground uh, and reacclimate and, and get over that transplant shock. But, you know, mm-hmm. really truly the best time is kind of that later summer time frame. Okay. Or late summer, early fall.
1: So be looking for those and, and be listening to the radio because we'll tell you, uh, last year, I don't think they did this because of the pandemic, but uh we have a very active iris club, iris
2: society. Yeah, they and have a and show. they
1: have shows and mm-hmm. sales and stuff like that. So, yeah,
2: and um, and you talk. I mean, you, you talk to some of those folks that, you know, they're sure enough uh, uh, aficionados and, and, and really authorities on on growing iris, propagating iris, and so on.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. And that is the state flower again. We're going to pause for just a moment, check on the traffic and weather. We will return if you have a lawn or garden question. That number is 615-893-1450, 615-893-1450. We're talking lawns and gardens this morning. Mitchell Moat is our guest from the Rutherford County Agricultural Extension Service.
0: And our call stands for Good Neighbor Station. That's been our objective since 1947. Now more than ever, count on WGNS.
3: Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. I'm always one of those that goes on and off diets. One of the places I love to eat out the most and still be able to do so and maintain a healthy weight is at Demas's. And, you know, at Demis is one of the things that I started doing because of my own eating habits is, is we have a low-calorie menu and a low-carb menu. So depending on whatever diet that you like, we have options for you that are available at Demas's. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner seven days a week at Demas's.
2: If you could use a little more tranquility in your life and let's be honest, after the last year we all could, then consider a home aquarium. Multiple studies have shown that aquariums reduce stress, elevate mood, and lower blood pressure. Here at Animal City, we have all the supplies and knowledge needed to create your own aquatic oasis. This is Amanda at Animal City, inviting your family to come do business with my family. We are happy to put our 30 years of pet experience to work for you. 919 Northwest Broad Street,
4: Family Staffing Solutions is proud of our local veterans. I'm Becky Bookner, and as life challenges appear, talk with Family Staffing Solutions about how we can help you stay at home. Call Family Staffing Solutions. Family Staffing Solutions.
1: In this salute, we talk to a veteran who fought in the Vietnam War.
4: When
3: we got back into California, they told us, do not wear your uniforms. Keith Redlove served in the U.S. Army. He was in Vietnam. We were veterans that had just come home. I've been called baby killer, I've been spit on. In a restaurant, people talking bad about you. Veteran
4: Rudliff in Vietnam.
3: Four individuals plus myself, I was a radio operator, and we had three artillery pieces that we supported the Arvins when they went out on missions. Just uh, five of us. Something happened and you get overrun, you're on your own. help is 30, 40, maybe even an hour away. Just have to do the best you can with what you have and survive. I didn't realize until I got over there, was in the first ambush, that those people were trying to kill me. And I didn't know them. I had done nothing to them. And that's when you just have to get the mindset that it's going to be them and not me. You're one heartbeat away, that's war. Unfortunately, you try the very best to protect the person on your right and left because you know they're not gonna leave you and you're not gonna leave them. We're all gonna come out of here together or somebody else is gonna have to carry us out of here together.
1: This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS radio. If you know a veteran you'd like to highlight, let WGNS know and we'll honor them in our daily salute to veterans.
4: Have you experienced the nightmare of water, mold, or fire damage? Call Restoration One for a free estimate. Locally and veteran-owned. Fast and available 24-7. Join the Home Health VIP program at Restoration One for disaster prevention. Restoration One, the water damage experts. Good morning, THP. Still scattered down the interstate here on I-24. Coming out of Coffee County in and through Rutherford County. Just busy out here on the normal spots. Up and down sections of Las Casas, Pike, Middle Tennessee. Boulevard by the college that's picked up as well. Ripley's Aquarium Family PJ Party with the Penguins is coming up on April 9th. Check it out. Ripley's Aquarium of Smokies.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. We'll see if you scattered showers and thunderstorms here this afternoon with cloudy sky conditions and temperatures steady early, then slowly falling throughout the day. Winds
2: gusting as high as 25 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vujitsky on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 59.
0: Broadcasting to every nook and cranny of Rutherford County's 618 square miles. FM 100.5, 101.9, and AM 1450. <laughs>
1: flower
2: song. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim.
1: Boy, what, that, what, that was... Uh,
2: what was his... Uh, what was the attraction? I, I
1: have I don't no know. clue. Uh, but There were two or three like that. That. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to say he was not a singer.
2: Nope, nope. Just, just that style. I yeah. guess, or, uh,
1: there was I a lady. I, her name slipped by my... For some reason, she was so different. I went out and bought her record album. I, I think I still have it somewhere. I haven't listened to it too much. She was terrible.
4: <laughs>
2: well, <laughs> I mean, that's not saying he's terrible. No, no, he he, do his, a better job, mother, he, he can do a better job than I can. He's he's carrying a tune, but
1: and uh, he made a lot of money to be that. I too. hope
2: he did. Mrs.
1: Miller, did. that was her it name.
2: It seemed like I've heard that. Recall that name, yeah. Uh, like I've heard it.
1: But, uh, Maybe she did a flower song that we could use or something. I'm not sure,
2: but uh, I don't know. You already told us she was pretty bad, so you oh, <laughs> want to bring that up and that on people. Uh, uh,
1: she was uh, the one song I remember. Uh, the, she was out about the time Petula Clark was yeah, around yeah. with uh, the song "Downtown," uh-huh. and and uh, she, it was just strange, strange music. Uh, she, she was, um uh, I guess we could say she was the female Tiny Tim, an uh, uh, older, mature uh-huh. female to Tiny Everything's Tim. Everything's waiting for you.
4: Don't hang around and let your problems surround you. There are movies show.
2: Maybe well, sounds kind of like maybe a little parody, huh? The <laughs> well,
1: if you were in the middle of, of the night, of sound asleep, a, you'll be and you, you heard that be coming in the, the
2: window, what would you do? I, well, you would wonder what's wrong, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, does that person need help? Huh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Miller, there you go.
2: Well, bless her heart.
1: Yeah, and I, she was on Capitol Records. I mean, anybody who loves to be, in or has the dream to be in music, I mean, back in those days, Capitol Records was, yeah, and I don't were. know what Tiny Tim was on, but, wow. uh, uh, somebody saw something.
2: Oh, uh, yes, and and again, you know, they like, they like both do a much better job than I could. So. And, and
1: and people, I'm I'm an example. I bought her album.
2: Don't there know you why. You are a, a contributor and then I, an enabler, I guess. Yes, yes. Oh,
1: see, that's. That's what it was.
2: Well, Our, hey, back, back on talking about lawns and gardens just yeah. a minute. I guess I'd be remiss if we didn't point out a couple of things, okay. you know, for, as far as as timely things that folks might be considering uh, in, in their lawns and landscapes. Um, right now, you know, if you've noticed, uh, we talked about flowers to begin with and mm-hmm. the daffodils and so on are blooming and lots of wildflowers out there, you know, the weeds in the yards. You've also, if you, if you have noticed, forsythia uh, bushes are in full bloom right now. Those, those bright uh, uh, yellow blooms mm-hmm. are prolific. And that's an indicator, a reminder to us that, that now, uh, when you see forsythia bushes blooming like that, that conditions, environmental conditions, soil temperature and so on, are uh, either at or, or will very soon be uh, at that uh, 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 appropriate level for crabgrass to begin to germinate. So, if you are maintaining a home lawn and, and your goal is if you've had crabgrass populations in that lawn in the past, and if your goal is to minimize the crabgrass population in 2021, then uh, part of that is going to be the use of a, a pre-emergent herbicide to help prevent some of that established some of that crabgrass from establishing from seed this year. And and now is the time to put that out there. And there are a lot of different crabgrass uh, uh, pre-emergent herbicides. And, and even though they're marketed as crabgrass preventers, they also have efficacy against a, a number of different uh, summer annual weeds. Crabgrass is one. Goosegrass is one. Um, uh, prostrate spurge is another one. But, but, but they're marketed towards crabgrass. But they have efficacy against several different weeds that germinate from seed, you know, every late, uh, late winter, early spring time frame. The key to using those effectively is you put them out before uh, they don't work on emerged grasses or on emerged weeds. They only have efficacy against uh, uh, those that uh, have not emerged yet. So that's they have not germinated. So that's why it's called pre-emerge. And you've got to put it out at the correct dose. And and so in order to know that, to to have the correct dose, you've got to know the area that you're treating. How big is that area? And you've got to put the correct amount on that unit of area. So if you're going to try to prevent crabgrass in the yard, boy, right now is the time to get the uh, pre-emerge out there for that.
1: Put it out there now. Okay, let's take a phone call. You're on WGNS with Mitchell Moat. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Hi, how are you this morning? doing great, thank you for calling yes, sir I'm calling uh I've got a alarm system, and uh it's malfunctioning right now.
0: It says to check to the long range radio and uh I caught that on the t v yesterday evening
1: uh-huh
0: and uh it's uh, something about some towers, radio towers. Uh, I don't know whether it's in
1: Tennessee. or You're Tennessee. talking about the weather service radios are not yeah, working, Yeah, about the weather service. Yeah, there's three of them that are out. Okay, um, well, I assume it's affected my uh, alarm system also, and I just wanted to verify that before I call the uh,
3: alarm system company.
1: So your, your sprinkler system, lawn system is tied? I think
2: you say alarm. alarm.
1: Oh, alarm. Alarm, alarm okay. Yes. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Don't. I wouldn't call the alarm company. Now those are out. I'm. I'm sort of surprised that they would have them out without having somebody rush over and fix them. I mean, it's it's a nice day today.
2: Yeah. Right now. It's <laughs> I mean, I good time. I guess. Don't know
1: why they couldn't go out and fix I them. I don't know. Instead, they put out the release that three of our systems are down. Uh, you need to find an alternate way of finding weather warnings. Thank you. Okay, But just stay tuned to WGNS, and we will keep you alerted uh, about any weather uh, problems that might arise.
3: I appreciate the info. Y'all have a good day, okay?
1: You too. Talk Thank to you, you later. Bye-bye. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't figure that out. When they sent that notice out, they sent it to all the stations, warn your listeners to... Be aware that our three of our transmitters in Middle Tennessee are out. Ah well, okay. That's uh, a,
2: that, that that seems odd that you I have mean, three go out at the same time, doesn't it?
1: And to have, uh, I mean, this is the federal government. What? I, mean, I That's thought they luck. could fix
2: it. That's well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh,
1: <laughs> I thought they had uh, <coughs> uh, money it, what, to cover what, those. I mean, things. were they
2: purchased on on the cheapest bids? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
1: And they I, didn't have any backup.
2: You know what? I can't speak to that. I don't know. But uh, that does seem, well, it's a it's like bad luck to have three out at the same time. Right. Uh, especially, you know, this time of the year. Oh, uh, yeah. You're in I the mean, we had, rough We time. had some pretty good uh, uh, rumbles of thunder last night. Some Ooh, bright lightning boy. flashes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, no nothing severe out of it. Hopefully, they will get them fixed uh, uh,
1: well, sometime hope so. soon.
2: Hope so. You know, we were talking about uh, you know putting the pre-emerge out uh, on on. on on your lawns to help prevent crabgrass and that holds true for warm season or cool season grass either one on dormant bermuda grass zoysia mm-hmm. grass right. you know the germination period on those weeds is the same regardless of the kind of grass you grow now from a fertilization standpoint you know that does vary between the the, the type of grass that you're growing uh, if you're growing a warm season grass bermuda grass zoysia grass you know it's it's brown uh, it it may have begun to just try to break dormancy a little bit typically it doesn't really happen much for us until we get past uh, you know, the middle of April, uh, most years. Uh, so it's not really gonna benefit from a feeding right now. It, it, is it gonna hurt it? And the reason I say this is a lot of the, the crabgrass prevention products are packaged with fertilizer. So you have a, a fertilizer with pre-emerge mixed together the warm season grasses don't really benefit that from, from a, a fertilizer application now because they're not actually growing. The cool season grasses do. Uh, so if, if you, uh, uh, and, and you can buy pre-emerge by itself. It doesn't have to be mixed with a fertilizer. So with a warm season uh, lawn, you might consider using just pre-emerge alone. Uh, uh, but with a cool season, use a fertilizer and pre-emerge combination both because now's a good time to make that first uh, fertilizer application on cool season grass for the spring of the year.
1: Good morning, you're on WGNS with Mitchell Moat. How are you today? Good
2: morning. good morning, Bart, I'm doing fine, are y'all okay?
1: We're doing fine. Yes, sir, good. And,
2: well. and good morning, Mr. Mitchell. Good morning. I wanted to ask you a question, sir, regarding the crepe myrtles. Okay. Um, these are rather large crepe myrtles at each end of my house. Um, I've noticed at the beginning of the winter, the bark is losing a lot of bark. I mean, I haven't even cleaned it all up around them yet. Uh, now, I have heard and read that that's healthy for the plant. It's replenishing. But uh, would you give me some, some thoughts on that? It's lost a lot of bark, and they look fine. I mean, yeah. obviously, it's not time for them to green out yet. Yeah. But they look fine. And one last thing about them, is it okay to go ahead and trim those back, and I'll hang up and listen. Okay. Uh, issue in the bark. A question about the bark is that's a, that's a natural response. Uh, they have exfoliating bark where they slough off old bark uh, so that that's nothing to be concerned about um uh, that, that happens and that's that's perfectly natural um so so you know that's boy, we can scratch that off the list of things to worry about for today um uh, what about pruning them <clears throat> you know if you if you paid any attention to around some commercial buildings some restaurants and so on you'll see that some landscape services that uh, maintain those properties they have gone and and already done a heavy prune job on crepe myrtles for the year i mean they have lopped them off till now you've got You've got uh, clusters of, of, of stobs, you know, just sticking up, you know, just just straight up and down naked stobs, no no side branches on them or anything. Um And the amazing thing is that, man, those crepe myrtles seem to survive that. Mm -hmm. Boy, that is sure not the recommended method of pruning. That's a good, fast way to do it, uh, but that's not necessarily the recommended way to to, to prune those. Uh, There are some publications out there that refer to that as a crepe murder uh, uh, when when that that style of pruning is is performed. Um, Is it too early to do it? No, I mean, it's getting about the time to start thinking about doing that i think literature suggests to you that you you, you begin to prune those crepe myrtles when you start to see those little buds begin to swell they, they become the new buds become visible um uh, i the crepe myrtles i have at home i have not noticed that uh they haven't reached that stage yet but you know typically the latter part of uh, uh, latter part of march early part of april is an okay time to prune uh the crepe myrtles and you know they uh, uh pruning them in the the spring of the year early spring kind of promotes more growth and they 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 produce flowers on on the, the current year's growth so the more new growth you get then typically the more flower buds you have so the more flowers you will have uh so you know if today's a good day and you got your pruners in your hand you want to prune them you're probably okay to do that uh, but if you wanted to wait till uh till the earlier part of april to do it you'll be okay too
1: all our phone number is 615-893-1450. A listener says she heard you talking at one time about the plots of grass over at the Ag Center. Are they still there for us to look at? I want to see some of that tall fescue.
2: Okay, yes, they are there. They are there. And uh, uh, if you come to look at those plots, uh, they're, they're not marked, okay, as far as, you know, this... One, two, three, four, five, six, uh, and then then what the varieties or variety uh, of grass or species is growing in each plot. Uh, You can come to the office door and you know knock on the door. Because right now it's not just open for walk-in. I -hmm. think pretty soon, you know, maybe beginning the early part of April, we're going to be open uh, uh, for uh, uh, a little more business as usual. Boy, I'm I'm sure hoping so. Got my fingers crossed for that. But uh, if you just knock on the door uh, and someone will answer it and say, you know, I want to take a look at the grass plots out there. Uh, Can I have a diagram? Mm -hmm. in the diagram it shows it's got all the plots marked off and then on the back of the page it tells you what what is in those plots but yes they are there.
1: Our phone number 615-893-1450 we are approaching the final segment of our show this morning so if you have a question 615-893-1450 Mitchell Moat is with us from the Rutherford County Agricultural Extension Service hold on we'll be right back
0: Bobby, and mums will make you love it And chicken pox will make you jump and switch I'll come and call the pooh And hoop and call the pooh-ya For the night of the will make you itch-ya Gonna need an ocean now Of calamite lotion uh. now uh. Broadcasting from the tallest tower in the city With that little red light on top FM 100.5, FM 101.9, and AM 1450
1: Hi, this is Tina
4: Fox at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Please come see us for all your clothing, footwear, and if you need a special gift for anything, please come and see us for all those needs. Of course, we always have whatever you need for your home lawn or garden at Rutherford Farmers Co-op. And farmers, we have whatever you need to take care of your farm. Please come see us at Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Hi, this is Tina
1: Fox at the Co-op Farm and Home Center at 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off of South Church
4: Good morning, THP. Still scattered down the interstate here on I-24. Coming out of Coffee County in and through Rutherford County. Just busy out here on the normal spots. Up and down sections of Las Casas, Pike, Middle Tennessee, Boulevard up by the college. That's picked up as well. Ripley's Aquarium Family PJ Party with the Penguins is coming up on April 9th. Check it out. Ripley's Aquarium of I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. We'll see if few scattered showers and thunderstorms here this afternoon with cloudy sky conditions and temperatures steady early, then slowly falling throughout the day. Winds gusting as high as 25 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vujitsky on News Radio
2: WGNS. Currently, it's 59.
4: This is Jeff Graham with Tire World. I want to invite you to visit our new off-road department at our Memorial Boulevard location, featuring lift kits, leveling kits, light bars, as well as wheel and tire packages. Just come by and ask for Gator for all your off-road needs. That's Tire World on Memorial Boulevard. I'm Ken Coleman. Join me here on News Radio WGNS. Weekdays live at noon as we answer your questions about your calling, passion, and talent to maximize your potential.
1: I, I don't remember that one uh, the group Bat for Lashes and the song was Lilies
2: not familiar with
1: it. but uh, we, we, we equal opportunity that's true for all
2: yeah. all eras of music boy we, you've got lots of genres this morning <laughs> yeah.
1: our number is 615-893-1450 If you have a question this morning, uh, dial quickly or text us.
2: Shoot us a question up here, but uh, uh, in the meantime, you know, it's vegetable garden time. Uh, Cool season vegetables, uh, uh, onions and cabbage and radishes and and potatoes. uh, So you uh, mean we need to be planting those? Well, only if you want to eat them. Uh, (laughs) uh, If you want to grow them yourself, yeah, now's a great time to do it. And then if you're thinking ahead to uh, the, the, the hot weather stuff, you know, the tomatoes and the peppers and whatnot, and you like to grow your own and you want to make sure that... You know, if you like, I don't know, if you like Rutgers tomatoes, then, boy, you want to make sure you've got Rutger tomato plants, then go buy you some seed and start those at home right now because uh, you start them now, and those plants, uh, you know, in eight weeks or so should be ready to set out, and that ought to be a good time. We're past the frost danger. Uh, be a good time to set those out in the garden. So if you want to grow your own vegetables uh, for, for warm season crops, uh, uh, buy your seed and get those started at home right now. Uh, it's This is a good time to do that. Um now, you've had some uh, Zoom conferences. Uh, yeah, we've had have some, had more some sessions on Zoom. we got one coming up uh, the 30th of uh, this month, uh, 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 March 30th at 6 o'clock. It's a uh, virtual spring lawn care field day. You know, the, the the original intent was to have an in-person field day on Saturday <laughs> on, in March, actually this Saturday. But uh, uh, just under current conditions, we're still not quite ready to do that yet so uh what i've done is is tried to capture uh all of these different things uh with with good photographs um that that you might think about doing uh, in the spring of the year to help improve your overall uh uh, turf quality this coming uh this coming season that's Mm -hmm. you know the use of pre-emerges calibrating spreaders to put the correct amount out there uh, uh, aeration and, and top dressing uh, to improve turf quality. Uh, that's coming up on March the 30th. Um, free session, you know, you, you do have to register on Zoom uh, in order to attend this thing and uh, um, you just call the extension office and say, hey, uh, I want to I want to register for uh, the um, uh, March 30th uh, virtual spring lawn care field day. You know, sign me up for that. Uh, we can do that, uh, uh, or I can send you a link, and you can do it yourself either way. Uh, also, in April, uh, on April 26th, we've got one entitled, Something's Tearing Up My Yard. Uh, it's also going to be a Zoom meeting, and, uh, you know, we're talking about those things that uh, – Tear up your yard. Hey, and I'm not talking about kids Talk and, about and, and dogs, well. but, you know, we'll, we'll mention moles and we'll mention some voles and armadillos uh, uh, all in there together. Huh. Uh, but that's on April the 26th. And again, um, what time? It's at six o'clock. Yeah, six in the evening. Uh, and it'll be a Zoom session as well. Free? Yeah, it's free. Um, and if if you don't receive our monthly newsletter, mm-hmm. uh, typically goes out around the, the first of every month. You know, call the extension office and say, hey, add me to the, the newsletter mail list because all the information about these different sessions, how you can register for them yourself without calling the office uh, uh, is included uh, in those. So the, the March or excuse me, the one that comes out the first April, it'll have uh, the information in there about the something's tearing up my yard, how you register for that, as well as other events that are taking place. Um and, you know, the Farmers Market vendors, I think they had their uh, meeting uh, this uh, earlier this week on the, the 16th. Uh, they're going over things, uh, you know, learning any changes in the, the, the operation of the market. That's going to be coming up, uh, I think it's on May the 14th, something like that, right along in there, 12th, 13th, 14th. But on Friday in May is the first day of the Rutherford County Farmers Market uh, for the 2021 season. So that that's coming up also
1: going to be a big year this year
2: well it should be hopefully yeah, things be. will be hopefully a little older. more uh, a little more the way we'd we liked for them to be yeah. uh but uh, uh i think uh, uh, a good number of vendors are making plans to sell those uh, homegrown uh, uh or locally grown goods uh, at the market
1: and people are ready to buy
2: oh they are i, I yeah. mean people
1: are biting to get out of their house
2: i don't blame them me too me too
1: <laughs> so uh need to get the gardens ready right now Uh, What about planting If, if you're new to town, moved in, and your house has no shrubbery, trees, or things of that sort? Uh, is this a good time to put that in? It is,
2: yeah. Now's a fine time to plant uh, woody ornamentals. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, okay. and also, you know, some herbaceous perennials, uh, like gladiolas in, in, in the spring flower, or excuse me, summer flowering bulbs. Kind of once we're kind of past the real danger of frost, uh, it's a good time to put those in the ground. But right now is a fine time for shrubs, uh, young trees, to put those out. You know, when is our last, when, when do we think we're out of frost danger? Mm-hmm um i mean it's it it, it's a it's a calculated risk okay because we don't know for sure we could tell you more in july when the last frost for 2021 is going to be for the spring of 2021 is going to be because it will already have passed by then we'll have made note of that but as a general rule the further we go into april the the further away we get from the danger of frost you know like on the 27th of march it's a 90 percent probability that we're going to have frost after that date 90 percent 90 percent on the 10th day of april there's a 50 percent chance that we're going to have frost after that date of april the 10th but on the 23rd of april there's only a 10 percent probability that Ah, we'll have a day that we'll have a frost after april the 23rd you remember last spring of of 20 Mm -hmm. uh, we had Mm -hmm. frost the latter part of april a good frost and then mother's day weekend we had a pretty good frost. And if folks already had uh, some of those tomato plants and so on out, you needed to have those covered up. Uh, so if you do plant early, um, and even if you do, don't plant early, if you wait till the 1st of May to put warm season vegetables in the ground, be prepared to try to protect them as best you can because there may be a late frost. It's not out of the realm of possibility. It does happen. Head over to
1: the Ag Center. And that's on John R. Rice Boulevard, next to Paws, just down from Sam's. And uh, check out the plot of uh, grass. Check out the pond. Uh, yeah, yeah, folks, folks, folks go the fish over there yeah.
2: uh, on the, you know, during the week and and, and on Saturday. But now, technically, uh, according to the to the rules, the, the pond is not open for fishing on Sunday. Okay. But very good. That's you know according to the rules. That's the way it is.
1: Mitchell, thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you very much. Appreciate being here.
1: La, da, da.
4: Da-da-da-da-da